Um, I feel like I've changed my perception to now assess things as, okay, I have a concern versus mm. looking at them as like, oh, I'm scared of this. Mm. And if I'm having a physical response or an emotional response to often go to the root of it and be like, okay, this is just another um, you know, problem to solve. This is another experience to go through. This is another thing to walk through with curiosity. Welcome to the Feeling Free Podcast. My name is Ben Harris, also known as the Fear Guy. My job is to help you feel more free in your life with the love and relationships, self-worth, and much more. I'm happy you're here. I love you. I believe in you. Let's break free from fear together. What's up, beautiful people? I'm excited for you to meet Genevieve, a professional performer and dancer doing crazy stunts like eating fire, flying with a jetpack, hanging out with snakes, or just maybe hanging off a cliff. She has an intimate relationship with fear that is really helpful and is that you can apply to your life even if you're not into crazy thrill-seeking adventures. Enjoy. Genevieve, welcome to feeling free and your Beyonce energy. I'm happy to have all the energy here. How are you feeling? Uh, Well, first off, (laughs) being introduced as Beyonce energy is a solid start. Feeling fantastic. Extra fantastic now. I know. Like you really are. um, Like you really do glow. And like we've already talked about that. Like um, a little bit, right? Like we were kind of talking before we started recording just about like different energies and spirit animals and all those types of things and like energy types, but legit, like, I'm sure you've had, to, you've heard that before, right? It's a lovely thing to hear. That's an incredible thing to say though. That's mm-hmm. really, really nice. So yes. Okay. So yes, you have heard it, but then also, <laughs> yes, you're still currently glowing. Okay, cool. Uh, um, so with, um, yeah, so people who are watching like the videos, because this is YouTube and then this is all on the clips and on just audio and all the things. So will you like, so I'm super stoked to talk to you. So we've um, connected a little bit through like Instagram and stuff. Um, and we resonate on a lot of levels as far as like fear goes, but your container or expression is a, a little slash much different than mine. <laughs> it just depends, right? How you look at it. So will you just briefly explain what you do for a profession so people can understand what in the world I'm talking about? Sure. <laughs> uh, what I do for a profession. So I am a classically trained dancer who moved into a circus performance space uh, and then expanded from there into certain kinds of stunt work uh, and uses performance to both bring people into presence and to push edges. So mm. I do a lot of different work that can uh, do that. And that includes fire, that includes certain aerial flying acts, that includes flying a jet suit, uh, that includes dancing with a snake that includes Mm -hmm. sword balancing that includes all kinds of things. And then I also just a big time adventure enthusiast. So that all sort of blends Mm -hmm. together. I love that. So, and why, why I'm excited to talk to you is because it's using, like I talk, like usually in my work, it's the emotional or spiritual fear, right? Mm -hmm. Which is still fear and that's like what we think what fear is because we think the brain thinks it's trying to keep us alive that's another podcast and you guys can go listen to that but for you right is it's a literal like physical fear Uh like when you have a snake when you have a sword when you have fire in your mouth when you're on a cliff when you're flying like legit that's like you can die yeah that's true (laughs) (laughs) yes that is true um so that's why i am like super stoked to like to get into your brain and like into your heart of yeah because i know you have some like cool tips because it does relate like it's one in the same Um, absolutely absolutely yeah and it all bleeds over too it absolutely mm -hmm. bleeds over uh the experiences of working through fear in a physical space absolutely relate to how you work through your fears emotionally and spiritually because fear is a perception regardless of what you're perceiving. Um, 
and there is dangers. Those have a more real quality, but fear is always perception, regardless of what realm you divide it into. I love that. So I'm curious, like when, or just how often are you scared? That is such a funny question. Um, I love it. Amazing. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so I think even just starting from the beginning of it, the mm-hmm. big thing for me is, again, going to the idea of fear as perception, right? So you start off with what am I perceiving? And I think that for myself, I find that if I perceive something as a fear, fear to me as a definition holds all the sort of weight, the sort of baggage of like, there's sort of like this cloud over the thing you're trying to perceive. You're trying to look at this thing um, that maybe is a concern or uh, that you're wondering about tactically how you move through it, whether it's in relation, whether it's in business, whether it's on the side of a cliff. Uh, you're trying to focus on this tactical thing. And when you are experiencing anxiety, heart palpitations, butterflies in your stomach, you could assess that as, okay, I'm having a concern. So let me go through this concern Mm -hmm. to alleviate the concern and find solutions. Um, and really be able to look at this with full awareness. But fear to me is sort of this, like all these clouds of smoke and that sort of energy of like (gasps) versus, okay, I have a concern. So I would say that I am met with concerns and risk assessment often. (laughs) Mm. Um, And maybe I'm having feelings of, okay, maybe I have a concern for this um, act or this approach. And then if I'm starting to feel feelings, say, okay, what if I change this perception into excitement and curiosity Mm. to how I can find a solution for this and how I can look at this clearly? Because at the end of the day, certainly with physical tasks, but I think also in other areas of your life, um, clarity is what's going to get the solution and a sense of calm and focus. Uh, you know, you don't, if you see a boxer going into the ring calm, you know, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to get to his goal, right. Versus a boxer that's like, you know, all hyped up and kind of freaked mm-hmm. out. You're like, Ooh, he's not so ready. Right. Or you, if you're, you want your pilot to be, Oh, this blank song, I'm going to fix this. Right. Not someone who's going to be like in a fear state. Mm-hmm. They're just, okay, how do I approach this? How do I use, I have a concern and how do I attack that? So I don't know if that really answers the question though, huh? Um, I feel like I've changed my perception to now assess things as, okay, I have a concern versus mm. looking at them as like, oh, I'm scared of this. Mm. And if I'm having a physical response or an emotional response to often go to the root of it and be like, okay, this is just another um, you know, problem to solve. This is another experience to go through. This is another thing to walk through with curiosity and exploration and sort of just get through a space of like, I'm not going to go through all this fluff of anxiety and instead go through excitement, curiosity, and uh, you know, exploration. That's that dope. No, that, uh, yeah, I love that for sure. <laughs> like the curiosity and the exploration and like the fluff and the fog and the cloud. This, <laughs> yeah. this, I, mean, I guess people on audio can't hear it. It's the hand motions. My hands, like jazz, jazz hands. <laughs> right. As fear. And so, like for you, what does that look like? Cause I know you have like a formula, which I think is rad, but like, what is like, how do you actually like get curious? Right. Cause it's, it's easy for someone like yourself who's practiced it over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And literally your life is lived in that. So like, what is that formula and like the actual practice of it? Sure. Yes. Uh, so I think the very first thing, even before the formula, um, I heard this before as it relates to actually like raising children. And I love this Mm. idea where they say, it's not that you say, oh, this is easy. You say it is hard and you can do hard things. Mm. And so starting with that mindset of like, okay, this might not be with ease right away, but that's okay. And being in that comfort of it's okay if it's not easy right away, that's fine. That's how we live life, right? Walking at one point wasn't easy right away. Mm. So I it's love okay. That. So cool. <laughs> but how do you, so like how, like I'm going to ask, I didn't ask if I could ask you all these deep things, but I know I can. Oh, yes, of course. Because you're down for all the things. Um, like what is that moment for you or one of the most recent 
for you of like not ease because like i'm all about stepping into ease but the reality of life like when something is new it will be uncomfortable and new like that's what that is so what is that for you in your life sure uh so perfect example about a week or so ago i was in telluride colorado and i was doing a via ferrata which is uh this really cool idea for climbing so they take you it allows you to climb places that maybe if you aren't an experienced rock climber that you can now go to so there are these metal rungs almost like big staples into the side of a mountain and you use two carabiners to be able to move across them and sometimes you're you know on just a metal rung for your feet as well and we did one in telluride that's 500 feet up on a, a rock wall face and I was like, yeah, I trust my carabiners. I trust my rigor. Like I trust my grip strength, like no problem. But there were parts of the <laughs> Via Ferrata that I was not expecting. Uh, they were incredibly exposed. If you're not a rock climber, exposed just means it's way open. Uh, the walking space was, it felt like six inches wide on gravel and you're 500 feet up. And they're not places where there were staples, so you were not carabinered into anything. You were not roped what? into anything. Yes, I was not expecting those to be there. I didn't know that was gonna happen. Wow. I'm not a very experienced rock climber. I was in this space and I was like, this is a thing and you can't go back. There's, you know, you're there. Wow. So um, for me, that experience was, with anything, take deep breaths first. Just <laughs> always take deep breaths. Don't forget to breathe. Rule number one, always breathe. Um, and then I said, okay, so I'm not going to label this as fear because I'm 500 feet up on the side of a rock face and that will not be useful to me surviving. Hey, that is that not again? useful. Say that again. <laughs> fear will not be useful to me surviving this. Which is so funny because that's usually like, that's what fear is for. So I love how you brought that up actually. Yes. So that's what I mean as far as the fog, but what it does point to is like, I have a concern and that's a real concern as far as danger. Okay. Fear is a perception, but a danger is real. So we've gone through the perception of, okay, there's a danger here that I need to assess. What is my concern? And I stood there and I said, my concern is that I am not experienced in rock climbing. I'm not sure I know all the techniques that will best help me get across this. So what do I do? I'm not gonna reach for my phone at 500 feet up to look this up. So what I did is I asked people around me. Um, I purposely, when it started, made sure that there was someone in front of me that I knew knew about rock climbing. Uh, it's funny, he has his own fear of heights, so I was helping him through heights. He's helped me through techniques. <laughs> I'm um, a rock climber with a fear of heights, but I, isn't that great, right? Uh, so there was a group of maybe eight of us, but I made sure that I had at least one person next to me who knew more about this than I did. So that was a tactical move. And then while we were there, I would ask him, I said, hey, do you mind during these exposed parts? I'm really not experienced. What are tips and advice do you have here? And he said, for one, face the mountain, not your back against it. I said, clutch, thank you. Uh, And he just gave me techniques. This is how you grip in. This is what you do with your stomach. This is the angle. This is how you want to move your feet. Don't cross your feet. So he gave me tactical tips and I breathed remain calm and said, okay, fully focused on these tactical tips. Cause that is how you survive is not by going through a fear thing, not looking over the mountain going, Oh my God, what if I fall? What if, what if, what if that doesn't help right now? You want to use what's useful and what's useful is to use tactical tips, calm breathing, and then reliance on yourself. And, um, to me, that's a really big element is I love this quote. It's a bird doesn't sit on a branch because it trusts the branch. A bird sits on a branch because it trusts its wings. Oh, I love that. Right? So I know that I'm strong. I know that I have some grip strength. I know that I have some sense of what my body mechanics and, you know, kinesthesia. So I will rely on that and I'm going to do the best I can in this moment and know that I am capable of doing this. I know that I can do this and I just need to have that energy coming through as I do it, that I will do this and there's no problem. Of course I can do this. There's no reason why I can't. Mm. And I just said that over and over in my head as wow. I was doing it. There's no reason why I can't. There's no reason why I can't. And then I got to the other side and hooked those carabiners. Oh, yeah. It's hella fast. <laughs> I was just like, <sighs> breathing. No reason why I can't. No reason why I can't. How far was that? No idea. I'm not really <laughs> sure. That happened more than once. It happened mm. more than once. Um, some of them were good, like, 15 feet, 20 feet of, you know, tiny baby steps and just 
and you know, okay. And then the lessons you learn after that of like, I'm going to research these further on my next one, but <laughs> really making the t anything you can tactically, you know, by having an expert next to you, you know, during certain things, you make sure you have the right shoes. I didn't wear a backpack, like certain things that I was like, okay, mm. I want to make sure that I'm in a safe space. But really, I say to myself all the time, there's no reason why not. There's That's no okay. reason why not. There's no reason why I can't. That helps. I love that. So that phrase, I think there was a question earlier that we got past, but anyway, this is great regardless. So, um, how has that phrase, there's no reason why I can't, impacted you in other areas of your life? That's a great question. Um, That's what I'm here for. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, it's something that I've said to myself in a lot of different areas, including even, uh, like, I performed, I started performing when I was two years old, and there's still moments where you get you know the butterflies and your heart beats mm -hmm. fast before a big show and i'll say to myself there's no reason why i can't there's no reason why i can't or like goodness when i do the sway pole there's this like 20 the climb is i don't know if you've ever seen the sway poles no describe it to us okay so a sway pole is this 25 to 30 foot pole that um is sways <laughs> <laughs> so as you climb it, you're not hooked into anything. You're climbing up a pole and often wearing very slippery costumes too. And it's heels not and a hooked whole in? Thing. Is it hooked into anything? Uh, the pole is on a base. So the okay. base allows you to, once you're up there, start swinging on it and that keeps it safe, but you're not hooked into anything. You're just climbing up this pole in a slippery costume, often with a giant skirt and all these other accessories. Damn. So you're just relying on your grip strength to get up. Oof. Once you reach the top of the pole, there is a ring with about a one inch diameter that you then have to climb yourself over. And then at the top, you stand on the one inch diameter again, often in you know, dance heels, and you lift your leg to a full extension. So you're on one leg and then you place it over the seat. And that's when you lock yourself in at the very top is at the tip of the swing. So while yeah. you're climbing the whole time, it is swing. Oh, for sure. And there've been moments because it takes a lot of upper body strength that I'll look at it and be like, Oh man, that's my third or fourth climb of the night. Oh wow. And then I just say to myself, there is no reason why not. There's absolutely no reason why not. Mm. I know I have the strength. I know I have that. I've trained for this. I know what I'm capable of. I know what my wings can do. Mm. And my wings can fly off of this branch. And I, my wings can take me up there. So everything else is mental. So I know there's no reason why these hands are not going to get me up on that thing. There's no reason why not. That's cool. I love that. <laughs> so how do regular humans apply this to our life? I know uh, we're all, we're all, I believe we're all amazing, but I'm just saying, right. Cause like, obviously like you've gifted, you're gifted and you've trained since you were two. Right. So like in what areas of life, like, can we, obviously we can apply that really any, anywhere, right? Vic, you brought up the whole yeah. family thing. Yes. I think that, uh, well, certainly that phrase in knowing what you're capable of and really having that in yourself that if you want to do something you know you can do it and knowing that you know kind of re limit or releasing those self-limiting beliefs especially when it comes to something that like there's no reason why not if you want to do something if you want to start a relationship or if you want to start a business there's no reason why not really and that's when you kind of get into mm. the tactical um that's sort of like in that fear formula where you can kind of go through the tactical steps and once you go through the tactical and realize like okay logically physically uh, it's capable that there's, I can see that, that, that that's available and that I have the capabilities of doing something, then everything left that's holding you back is going to be mental because you've already gone through the physical. Have you done any like, um, teaching about this stuff in like workshop settings or like, <laughs> cause like for real, it can totally apply to everything. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so I've had some experiences where I will combine performance and immersive experience with this. That's so that's something um, that I definitely provide is a, you know, whether it's a performance and it's just performance to bring in energy connection, but also performances that push edges, uh, performances Which that provide an immersive. So what is that? Uh, like depends what is. So that can be a lot of different things that can mm -hmm. be catered to uh, the people of the event or to the individual. So we can use 
for instance, I have a friend who is has a thing with snakes. So we are setting up a space where we're going to have different conversations to kind of coach them through experiences of how to get through that. Talk Amazing. about like, what is the route here? So a co in a coaching way. And then after we go through some coaching, I will provide an experience, an immersive experience that will include a snake. Yeah, and dope. it can be done using the other element that I really like to use, which is a big part of performance is story. So archetypes, uh, character work to use an alter ego, to use your Sasha fears, yes. to bring you into a place, which, you know, I do on the side of that mountain. I have this like, uh, one archetype that I go to that I call my Brock energy, mm. which is that like, yeah, I'm going to get it. <laughs> right yeah. brock is such a good name for this so it's brock. like i invoke a little bit of brock when i'm up there so okay mm. like we're gonna focus and we're gonna be tactical we're also gonna have that brock energy no reason why not so mm. you know we have all these different characters and archetypes that exist within us and you, you can utilize both um you know, coaching through what is the root of something using the fear formula with that and then also utilize story and archetype to be the vehicle in which you can approach these things. If you have a story about who you are or an attachment to like, oh, I have arachnophobia, I have a fear of snakes. Okay, but does, you know, this archetype, this character, this setting, this space, this, you know, character bringing it to you kind of brings this vehicle of like, okay, I can go through this because it's a little different. That's Sasha Fierce. Mm -hmm. What does Sasha Fierce provide? And then eventually also through that coaching, recognizing that Sasha Fierce is always inside of you. And so is Brock. And that's just all part of who you are. Dang, I love that. So there's wide performances, there's group performances, there's one-on-one -on -one coaching and performance, but it's all immersive experiences that can be provided based off whatever edges you're looking to push, expand the growth from. Dude, that's incredible. <laughs> like seriously like, no yeah that's really cool i like that because it's because <clears throat> it is so similar but i like how you use like the physical um right like the physical uh what like, like an yeah, outside the, in situation yeah like the the immersive part of it. you said outside in right which is fascinating because i'm usually inside out Ugh. so like it's it's all the same it's all it's all, a all the things experience it's all it's, mm. it's all the same Inside out, outside in, it's a mirror reflection within each other and eventually all this unity anyways. <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. Um, what has, what's been, so like with what you just described, mm -hmm. what's been like, what's something that you've, what's like a really cool story that's like happened? Like, is there snakes? Cause you said like someone that like overcame snakes or like what's something that even yeah. surprised you? Yeah. <sighs> uh, well, like for instance, with this friend, um, this is something that we're going to do, but this is something I've done in the past, but I'll use that as an example of what we're creating. Mm -hmm. So uh, he has uh, he has feelings about snakes, you know, and he said, oh, I'm scared of snakes. And he said, okay, well, I, I recognize and respect your experience. Is there a possibility this is a story? Where did mm. the story come from? So let's dive into why the story exists. Um, you know, is it because of a physical experience? Is it because watching movies? Uh, is it because of story as far as in the collective consciousness story like are do you attached some kind of meaning to the biblical story of a snake mm. and you know feel some type of way about that you know and so you kind of going through what is cool. the word here and then from there moving into okay what if we learn some new stories uh whether it's from the spiritual space of you know the snake as it's represented in pachamama and incan culture where it's fertility and beautiful and wonderful and part of the earth um, whether it's physical, like, hey, let's learn about all of the dangerous snakes in your area, okay? So we're going to learn about those, and then we'll recognize that every other snake that's not that is not a, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know what to do with these, and that kind of gets into the formula as well. And then from there, going into an experience of, okay, who's your alter ego? Who do you feel most powerful as in this situation specifically? Maybe it's as a Roman empire emperor, maybe it's mm. as a, you know, a warrior, maybe it's as a talisman from your dad. You don't necessarily need to dress up, but that's a possibility if you want. Um, or maybe it's a ritual or maybe it's something where you get into the space of embodying this character. And I think outside in is quite easy. People put on mm. a wig and feel completely different. Right? right. So that is something that we can do, but also trusting that, I have a lot of experience uh, performing as Medusa. This is a role I've done a lot. I love oh. Medusa as an empowerment character. And I said, okay. And he's like, I would feel 
I would feel, he's like, I'm excited about the idea of Medusa introducing me to a snake. Like that's something that I'm starting oh. to feel some comfort with. And I said, okay, great, perfect. Medusa will introduce you to the snake and we'll start slowly and fully embodying that character in that bit because now they're in a new space and maybe the story of who this man is, we'll call him Adam for fun because <laughs> we're talking so, snakes. <laughs> the Adam's the name of the snake? No, Adam, the name of the person. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Um, What's the name of the snake? Uh, I, well, I have a couple of snakes that I work with. My favorite, my favorite little dude is named Kristoff. <laughs> I love that for He's a snake great. name. So let's say, let's say we have um, Adam, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say Adam is feeling like, oh, Adam, Adam is scared of snakes. That's the story we're telling. Okay. Yes. But if we move into a space of, okay, but Adam is now, you know, this is Medusa and Medusa is in control of the situation. Okay. Well, like she's the one that's doing it. Right. So now he's in a different space to receive exploring what snakes are, his relationship to snakes are, because now it's out, out of his control, whatever, right? It's now he's in a new place, a new experience, an immersive experience. He's no longer Adam in this, right? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think parties are a great way to do that. I love doing that at events, but it can also be done one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I've definitely done that with That's snakes cool. before. When someone walks in and they have some trepidation, they're sort of, I keep a little tab in my mind and I say, okay, I'm gonna find you later. <laughs> And I'll, just, I'll walk by slowly. I'll walk by slowly. Uh, and if they want to ask questions, I'm there to answer questions, but also we'll use the character to sort of provoke them a bit if they are already engaged into an immersive space. So always being careful and aware and safe, but just a little bit pushing those edges out. Just a little bit. That's so cool. I love that. And that's, I really love how you do it like invitingly, like, and lovingly. Yeah, and there's something about like if you just saw a snake on the street, you, I mean, someone on a snake, you might feel a certain type of way. But if Medusa is saying the venom is a gift, and all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> oh, this is, I feel a certain type of way. Like, what's happening here? And now you're mm -hmm. curious, right? It's now it's a story, and it's an experience. It's you're part of something. It's like being in a Disneyland or something. You're separate, so okay, you okay. now engage. And then what's most important is afterwards, you realize, oh, that was me all along. That was not someone else that was in that experience. That was me. That's dope. Actually, I really love this whole concept of like using like an alter ego or whatever archetype, whatever. With Sasha Fierce. Yeah. Right. Of like, because yeah, it is like, it's separating that whether like in any type of fear, like that's so cool. Um, like, or using Brock. <laughs> or using Brock. Yeah, for real. I'll have He's to great. think of, I'll have to think of something. Um, like for you, you can like, have different ones for different things. <laughs> yeah. You know, as many as you want. <laughs> yeah. They're all you. Your every archetype is available to you. Some come easier. Mm. Some you have to like explore a little bit more. And I also think like, even when we were talking about like shadow things before is that yeah. it's a great way to explore if there's a shadow ish or something that you're not comfortable with to embody the character. So it's, separate but it's a part of you and then recognizing your comfort with that element of yourself no i i love this well and it's like because storytelling is it's so powerful and like we all do it even if we don't realize it right because we're always telling yourself a narrative so i love yeah this is cool to have like a different context with what like i usually talk about like it, it's really cool because it is like you said it's all a circle and it's all like mirrored and it's all the same but different all, all the unity, you know, but duality, unity. Yeah. Right. It is the same. That's what's crazy. It's all the same. And, but it, it's cool. Cause you talked about like limiting beliefs, right. Um, and stories of like, and so limiting beliefs, typically how I use those in my world, right. Is like, like I don't deserve love. You know, that's one mm -hmm. that I'll, like a lot of people believe is like, I literally, from my story of my past that has now, I literally believe that I don't deserve love, you know? Mm. And so for yours, right, is it could be something, I mean, really anything, but in the example that we just talked about is like, I'm afraid of snakes, but both of those are just stories that we're telling ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah, which, Absolutely. Is, like, which is fascinating. So what will you touch on just to make sure that we got, did we get all the steps of the, your formula? Oh, no, we can though, if you'd like. Yes, yeah, for sure. Okay, so I'll give yes. the steps and explain them, and then I can also give a tactical example. Love it. 
All right, y'all, before we get into Genevieve's fear formula, which I am a big fan of, I want to remind you, if you haven't already, make sure you leave a review on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. So if you haven't subscribed already, so you never miss an episode, follow on Spotify, follow on iTunes, and then please leave a review on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world. And make sure you take a screenshot, whether it's of the review of the episode, tag me, at the fear guy tag genevieve at genevieve j her instagram's in the show notes and we we want to know what do you think what do you think of the episode tag us that you're listening and also remember if you're interested in coaching one-on-one with me if you want to join in the community which is the freedom school it's an online group where we have weekly calls where we get to do kind of group coaching and really tackle all aspects of fear, of freedom, of anxiety, of living a more full and whole life, knowing you're worthy and knowing that you're worthy, embracing your confidence, so many different things. So if you're interested in the Freedom School or in coaching, click that link in my bio or just go to feeling-free.com and you can find all the things. All right, y'all, here is that fear formula. Okay, great. So I just broke it down by fear. So it'll spell out into F-E-A-R as well. So first is feeling. Second is explore. So F-E-A is assess and R is reassess. Okay. So we're going to go with the first one. (laughs) We're going to go with the first one, feel. So what are you experiencing? Uh, I think it's important to uh, recognize like, okay, my heart's beating fast. Uh, my breath is shorter. My I have butterflies in my stomach. I'm shaking. Okay. So we're having an awareness, right? We're already bringing ourselves into a state of awareness so that we can have an assessment versus being completely, you know, controlled and overthrown and, uh, overwhelmed. So we're just going to a state of like, okay, this is the awareness of what's happening in my body. All right. No problem. Cool. 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 Okay. We're here. <laughs> we're here. And it's a lot, but I do feel like for me in those experiences, like having awareness of naming what's happening, it's like counting to 10. It's a, it's a method. We're going through it. Right. And so now we're going to explore that. Okay. What is our fear here? So, um, we'll use, uh, I did this with my friend's son recently, nine years oh. old. And he said, I have arachnophobia. And I said, well, that's, that's a story. Uh, but, uh, you know, in my mind, I said, okay, well, you know, we're nine. Like, uh, uh, let's not bring stories in. So, you know, like, my goodness, you can do anything. So yeah. I said, okay, uh, so how do you feel when you see a snake? He said, I get freaked out. They, I, I think they're gross. Like, da, da, da. okay, so let's step two, explore. So yeah. what are we concerned about? And he said, uh, what's your big concern here? And he said, I'm scared that I'll get bit and I'll get hurt or I'll die. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. So our big concern here is death and injury. Very standard concern. Totally understandable. <laughs> <laughs> you no have a deal. good survive. You have a good survival mindset. That's great, human. Well done. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> you know. Mm. So okay, great. So let's explore what that is. So now we understand that uh, what we want to do is minimize our exposure and our instance of injury or death. Okay, that's we can do that. So now that we're in a space where we can explore, so three, let's assess. Let's assess all the things we need to know to minimize our chances of injury or death. So I said, okay, let's look at all this, um, the spiders that are in your area. So we looked at where he lives and we said, okay, what are all the dangerous and deathly spiders of this area? And we looked them up and there was two. It's the brown recluse and the black widow. Mm. Every other spider, does not cause injury or death if bit. You might get a little bit of an itch, but that's it. Okay, so that's a lot of spiders that we don't need to worry about. So let's memorize what we need to know about oh. the brown recluse. And I, when you're looking at the, you know, the risk, you want to look at before, middle, and after, right? So let's look at before. What do we do to avoid these? Where are they often found? What are they interested in eating? What causes them to attack? Uh, where can we find them? What do they look like? What, are they often in groups? Etc. Okay, so we're gonna learn about where they are. Okay, they're often under rocks and they're sometimes in piles, which his dad was like, Yeah, that's why I have to keep your room clean. And I was like, mm, that could be true. So okay, <laughs> you know, but let's look at, at the information for how to not run into them. Okay, now let's look at what happens when you do run into them. Do you want to put them someplace else? Do you want to capture them? Uh, do you freeze? Do you make big loud noises? Probably doesn't matter for a spider, but you know, like what is your response when you do encounter it? Okay. 
And then if you are bitten, how do we respond to that? Okay, uh, well, having a snake bite kit really helps. It helps extract any venom right away. All right, so if we know that, or sorry, not snake bite, for any venom, so that's for snake or for certain kinds of spiders, right? A bite kit. So if we know that on certain hikes, you might see a brown recluse, then carry a bite kit on them. Okay. And we know that for both of these spiders, unless you are already someone who is in a, um, in a state where you're already sick or have some sort of issue going on or are elderly, it's very, very unlikely that either of these spiders will kill you. So let's see, where's the closest hospital from where you're gonna be? Just be aware of what hospitals are near you, how you would get there if you need to, can you call an Uber if your dad's not available, and uh, what needs to be done right away? Oh, sometimes it's better you apply ice. Sometimes it's good if you remain calm and breathe. Okay, so we know what we're gonna do before, middle, and after for these two spiders, which you memorize how they look. That's dope, I love the before, middle, and after. And then we just reassess, which is the R, the final step, and we say, okay, so how do we feel about spiders? Well, now if you see a daddy long legs or you see some other random spider or the thousands of spiders that reside here and they're not one of these two that you need to just have awareness of that you already know how to handle, why should you have any concern about them? They're eating bugs for you. Fantastic. <laughs> right? And he was like, oh yeah, okay, so I'm just going to watch out for brown recluse and black widows. And I was like, and we both know that both those spiders aren't deadly, not to a nine-year-old. That's dope. So how did he, re how is he now? So now he's not scared of spiders. Like, he, do you still believe you have arachnophobia? He's like, no, I just don't like black widows and brown recluses, but I'm not scared of them. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. And I was like, what do you do if you see another spider? He's like, I'm going to hope they eat all the mosquitoes so I don't get bit. Like, cool. Me too. Mm, that's so, in that's really cool. Like, I love how you broke that down because anyone, like, it's really simple. Like, yeah. Uh, like feel, explore. Assess, reassess. That's dope. And you made that up, right? <laughs> yes, I did. PM, <laughs> <laughs> copyright you. Um, like that really is like so simple and I love that. And <clears throat> from my experience, like why we fear things is because we don't, again, like we have a story about things and they're so nebulous and ambiguous inside of right. our mind that right. we don't even go there. So it's yeah. usually like, I'm afraid that I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to get broken up with and then I don't have any money you know like right. we go down these things but like people don't even so I like Tim Ferriss do you know who that is yeah of course so Tim has he has something called fear setting and it's somewhat mm. similar to your before oh. middle and after so cool. just cool you're just as smart as him which is great or smarter who knows but um it's really cool and so like um and like I usually take through people like, well, let's say like the worst case scenario does actually happen, mm -hmm. right? Which is like, just like the response to it, you know? And it's just like, it's actually not as bad as you think it is. You yeah. know, like it really is. Cause you're the bird with those wings, you know? Mm. You'll solve it, you got wings, baby. But like, so, but how is it like if someone who's truly traumatized by spiders or snakes, like let's say mm -hmm. someone really was attacked or injured by something. For me, the experiences that have been where something has gone wrong have been the biggest learning experiences. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones where if you, you know, being burned in a certain way, I'm never going to be burned that way again. Right. And for me. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like <laughs> the education of something not going perfectly is better than anything you could ever read or learn otherwise. So if we, again, look at that perception of, okay, this is an experience, and I have a real feeling about it. And that was a real experience. But also, can we look at the perception of, wow, what a great learning, because I will never forget to put the fuel cap on again, or I'll never forget to make sure this is this distance, or I'll never, you know, forget this, because I really learned that lesson so powerfully. And I love that. I, I think that this kind of reframing of like, oh, this thing happened and yes, it could feel traumatizing, triggering, but also, wow, you really know about that. You really, really learned Ooh, that one. I love that a lot. So sort like of a reframe of perception. I love that. Like you at the end, like I really know about that. I really know about that. <laughs> I really, really know how not to burn my tongue. I really know that. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> Has that happened more than once? Uh, 
one time it happened in a big way and then I really learned how to not do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really know how to not do so that. So what does that happen? Because like, I mean, explain like, how did you, I mean, you're legit <laughs> eating fire. So how does that not happen? Then how does it happen? Well, I mean, a magician can't give away all their uh, tricks. Okay, but okay. I will say that uh, there's a, a way that you work your breath. That's so cool. And I worked it in a way that was not the recommended approach. <laughs> and it did not feel good. Oh, no. And I learned. And I learned right away. I said, okay, oh, wow, yeah. I see why that was recommended against. And I now know that I will never do that way again. But it didn't stop me from fire eating. It just said, oh, okay. I've learned that now. I've really learned that one. That was a big lesson. <laughs> That's so cool. Genevieve, like you, I love how you almost, it's, it's not that you're afraid of saying fear, but you're like curious about it. And it's, it's how would I don't even know how to describe that because you're not afraid of being afraid, but you're also realizing like fear for what it is. Mm. Like I'm not sure what I'm trying to say or ask anything, but does that like hit any? Yeah, like, yeah, that totally does. I uh, I've had conversations with my parents multiple times about this because <laughs> as you can imagine, uh, oh for sure, things are more difficult. I'd be terrified. <laughs> I tend to tell them things after and not before, uh, just because of the worry factor for them. But um, I, we've had these conversations about, you know, they've asked, like, are you just thrill-seeking? Yes. And I've wanted to be really clear that this isn't just for, even though adrenaline can be an incredible flow experience um, and a really an amazing way to get into presence, that it's not just for that. I've always felt that... Uh, there's so much incredible life to live and I want to live as expansively as possible and as mm -hmm. boundless as possible. Um, and by looking at things with the perception of curiosity and exploration, you do not need to be bounded. You don't have to live through these containers. You can see what the ocean looks like at 80 feet down or what it's like to fly in the air or to see a valley from 500 feet, you get to experience life in these really grand ways and also see what your own self is capable of and also how to share that with other people and reach other people in that way. And so it's been through an exploration of living as boundlessly and expansive, expansively as possible mm. uh, that I've gone through these modalities and these experiences. That's dope. So I love that. So like, so you're not thrill seeking or are you as well? Both. I mean, I mean, it might be a little bit, but mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I would say that the element that is the thrill seeking is I get really excited to do something I've never done before. Uh, I'm really excited about pushing edges because the edge, pushing an edge means expanding your space. Yes. It means expanding your experience, right? Cool. So every time you go up against the edge, it's an opportunity to live even bigger. You want a bigger house, like bigger emotional, spiritual, mental house you know <laughs> does that make sense yes I love so it. it's it's expanding those edges which is so exciting to me and um yeah that's that's really where I'm starting from and I do believe that in adrenaline states there's incredible uh, flow opportunities. There's incredible opportunities to be present because when you are on the side of a mountain figuring out how to go through six inches of space of gravel, uh, you're right there. You are right yeah, there. there. You're not thinking about the past, you're not thinking about the future. You are present. Mm -hmm. And uh, same way of like one of my favorite experiences in performance is to put fire in people's hands, like to have them hold fire wow. on their hands and just bring you right here with me in this present moment is you're right here because you're feeling adrenaline and your mind is literally conditioning to be zoomed in, laser focused, your eyes, your breath, everything is we're going to be right here together because we're going to focus on this. We're not going to be in the past, we're not going to be in the future, we're not thinking about what we need or shoulds or all the shoulds. It's just right now. Dang, I love that. You have what's cool because you do have that Beyonce, Sasha, Sasha Fierce energy, but you can like, <laughs> you can ground. Like I feel that from you, like, Right. And even just as you nod, you're like, yes, I can. Right. <laughs> Which is cool. It's like, um, I think that's that unique, like duplicity 
you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Of you can be like super excited and like love these things, but it's actually really cool. Like I saw when you put like your teacher archetype, like on is like, you got like really like calm, but also Mm -hmm. like, yeah. So that's super interesting. And so I like how you just talked about that. Like you're still excited about like pushing those boundaries, but like being present is like, just like that going back to the boxer analogy used, right. Of just like, you just like that focus or just like calm. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I think it's, um, I think it's important too in these situations that that grounded energy is what also sort of holds the space for the adrenaline and the thrill seeking and the expansion and the pushing of the edge. Because if you know you're grounded in that, you know, in your trust of your wings, that now everything is possible because you're grounded in that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, I, lo- I love that. That's dope. So what, how are you pushing your current boundaries? Like, I would just love, like, I'm just curious, like, about you're a fascinating person. Just because, like, you do, so, like, so many physical, you know, feats and all these things. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think, it like, it's funny, like, even for me, I'm having a hard time. Like, there's no way she's not afraid of something. Because people ask me that all the time, right? It's like, what are you afraid yeah. of? You know? Yeah. You so what are you afraid, afraid of? of? <laughs> yeah, right? So is there anything? Like, what are you, what is that boundary you're pushing right now? In any aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, I would say someone asked me recently too, and I love, I love asking people this question too that are in this space. So I'm super Mm. curious your answer too. Mm. Um, Well, they asked if there's anything I wouldn't do. And my only response to that, so this is kind of a two part answer. Uh, My, as, as far as anything I wouldn't do, the only one that I've been like, Hmm, I would need to learn a lot, a lot about this as I spoke to a wing walker once I was performing at an air show. I was performing a stunt on the ground with this plane that was landing and that was already pretty awesome. But yeah. um, I, I felt, but uh, I was talking to a wing walker Which is? and these are performers that go on the top of a wing and they stand on the wings of a plane while it's flying and doing aerial <laughs> acrobatics. Now, the thing that got me about this, and I was like, ooh, I need more information, is that there is a strap that goes over their foot and is attached to the plane, and that's it. There's not even an ankle strap. It's just, it's like a sandboard. I mean, there's literally just a strap on top. There's no clicking in even as a snowboard has. And I was like, uh, what? And they're like, yeah, we just rely on the physics and the G-force. And a part of me was like, well, that's really awesome because I, you could probably trust G-force more than you trust a buckle. But also... (laughs) Not even an ankle strap. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that I would, as far as stunts, I would need to learn a lot more about that, I think, to be game for wing walking because it's just wildness. Uh, but still open, I guess, to some degree. It just need lots and lots of information. Mm. Um, so what, a, I, what I like about your answers is it's, um, it's just like the whole reason, like, why not? Like, there's no reason I can't do this because all you need is more information. So that doesn't mean I have to do it or I have to do everything just because I'm fearful of it. But if I'm truly resisting it and I feel called to it, all I need is more information, just more practice, like the formula that you've given us. Right. So it's, and like realizing there's anyway, continue, but that the whole fear formula really is like really, really useful. Oh, thank you. That's really sweet. That's really, really kind. Um, yeah, I think I love this Chris Hatfield quote. He's a very famous uh, um, NASA astronaut. And he says, the antidote to fear is preparation. Mm. From an astronaut, I, I trust. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I would say a- as an act, that would be one. And then as far as fear, because again, there's fear everywhere, right? There's exploration and edges yeah. beyond the physical, though the physical is also absolutely incorporated into mental, spiritual, emotional. Uh, but I would say through this time, I've always been a performer and I've been performing since age two. Yeah. Uh, and I've done other things as well. I've created VR experiences, worked in immersive experiences and exploring the space of, okay, if I'm not performing a bunch of times every week as I used to for so many years, uh, 
pushing those edges of what else I can like maybe expanding this immersive experience and the immersive experience as it relates to coaching and really pushing into that more than I was before. It was like, Oh, people would ask. And so I'd be like, Oh yeah, sure. But I mean like, Oh, I could actually like do more than word of mouth, like advertise that in some way. Um, so I don't really know if that counts as a fear, but that's more like an edge <laughs> I'm pushing. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Okay. What's the fear? Uh, I have trouble with this one because it's like, did I just relate to them as concerns? Which I like. I think that's cool. Like that's a big takeaway, <laughs> like changing the word fear to concern. Yeah. Cause then it's tactical and you can find a solution I've had. So yeah, someone has asked me this recently and I still don't really have a clear answer. Maybe it's just because of perception that I just can't, I just don't feel around that word, but um, yeah, I, I have things that I have concerns, but I think that again, <laughs> I can learn about them and figure it out. Like I don't really know how to chop knives really fast while cooking, but I can learn it. <laughs> I think, you know? What are you really concerned uh, about? What am I really concerned about? Um, <laughs> I love that question. I've never asked that question before. <laughs> what are you really concerned about? Uh, what am I really concerned about? Um, I think there is a space too where I feel those I love moving through, especially in the current climate, a fear of what's happening or fears yeah. around what's going on. And um, as far as being, like state of the world? Yes. Mm-hmm. And feeling like I, I want to be able to bring solutions to them as far as how to, not solutions as far as tacticals because right now there's only how you can move through it but really bring to them a sense of like hey this is a perception of your perception of fear around this is Mm. uh, you know you can have concerns but like what are you going to do to alleviate those concerns can you come from a you know not to take away from people's real experience of what's happening of course but to work through it that everything still starts in the mind as far as how you're perceiving the space around you and do you want to work towards um not being in a place of feeling buried, but feeling face of, okay, can I pivot and learn and what's possible and available now? Like mm. now there's new things available to explore that weren't as available before. Like exploring these spaces of giving people an immersive experience when before I was just performing all the time and wouldn't have really had as much time as I do now to accept more clients or people to do that. Mm. So I do have concern in my heart. Like my heart hurts for those that yes. I like my family members that are feeling a certain type of way. Like, Oh, I just want to alleviate that for you you know i love that dang yo what is (laughs) when so wait you didn't answer what your fear was (laughs) way to ask me so mine is more mine definitely changes and i feel like you know as i as i grow and expand and push those edges and dive deep more into like my psyche and soul and all that fun stuff um mine I think mine is like a fear of being insignificant. Mm, 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 mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I get right. it. I get it. So, right. It's yeah. Just like if, so, yeah. So like if I don't have like a quote unquote big life or, you know, like if I'm not super successful in this way, or if I'm not even like changing people's lives or I'm not changing the world, like to me, I have, I mean, it goes deeper into like spirituality sure, and like of what I've felt like called to and like in my life. And so that's where that fear comes is like, if I don't fulfill like my calling and purpose, but then to me, right. Is like, that really is a concern because I'm already doing like me speaking. It is not a lot giving it power. Mm. Right. So that's, what's powerful about that is like, I'm talking about it and I'm already, as we speak, doing things to, to dive into it and to uncover it and to heal it and to um, all those fun things. So that yeah. is that is the fear that I feel, but it's not like a deathly, like it doesn't stop me. Exactly. Um, that's, that's so beautiful. And I totally, that is a real, real experience for sure. I feel that. I, uh, I sometimes do this practice where I will go lay in this field of daisies near my house. Well, I shouldn't That's call it a dope. field. It's like a very small park next to a large <laughs> park. But whatever. A field. Hey, it's I a story. I call it a field of daisies. There's daisies. Yeah. And, and there's more than 20, so I call it a field. <laughs> so I go lay mm-hmm. in the daisies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't put on a podcast. I don't put on music. I don't mm. put on anything. 
And I just lay there and I watch the bees and the flowers and the butterflies. And I know it sounds kind of woo, woo, woo. <laughs> but uh, the practice is just being okay in presence mm. without a bunch of stimuli, without completing, accomplishing, providing, uh, creating all these things that are expected and that I like to do and I want to give and to give to the world. Right. But to also practice being fully at peace in nothingness and just being, and that's an edge too. Yes, it is an edge. I love that. Can I be comfortable and content and peaceful in nothing and in just watching these bees and sometimes I'm like damn I've been watching bees for at least 10 minutes I want to listen to a podcast but I'll be like even more reason to watch bees longer you know like if I feel like I have to need to should do anything then I gotta sit and watch those bees more wow that's good like what that's cool like what's unique about you right is because like what your parents asked you at least the store or the stereotype, right? Is like, oh, they're just a thrill seeker. They're like, they have a lot of trauma. They're just trying to like, you know, feel that like pain, right? And like that chaos, right? But that's cool. Like, I love that for you to talk about the nothingness and then also like it, the, the need to do something that's even more reason to watch the beast. Yes, yes. Because I think that there's edge pushing in a thousand different directions. And yes, it's edge pushing to put fire in your mouth, but it's also edge pushing to sit in peace. Like that is my yes. the biggest edge for many, many people, especially yes. people who consider themselves high achievers to sit in peace and be okay with that and that. feel content in that. That's an edge itself. Ooh. Hello? We're here. Sorry. I have it on uh, do not disturb, but. That's good. Um, but yes. So <laughs> just to really, uh, sit in peace and comfort with that. And when I feel myself sort of getting into the shoulds, like you were describing, then that's when I go watch the bees. That's dope. I love that. (laughs) So what is, is there anything like on your heart that you really want to share before we not end the conversation, but just this container? (laughs) (laughs) Like for you, like, yeah, is there anything that you want to make sure people know that's like on your heart and soul you've already shared some (laughs) some dope ass stuff um, i just hope and i i would love for people to know just this is gonna sound woo woo, but uh (laughs) to truly like know that they're infinite Mm. um and really, really like to sit with that idea that everything is possible that you want and that it's all available and to come, how amazing and incredible to come from a place of choice yeah, and curiosity and that exploration and adventure and that this life, like every moment you watching that bees is an absolute miracle and incredible. <laughs> yes. And so to know that it's all available and that, yeah, in that sense of like when you create containers that, you know, are bounding to you and don't live your, let yourself live your full expressive life, it's sort of not recognizing the gift of being an infinite being. Ooh. And that it is, we get to push our edges. We get to explore these things. Like how lucky and how incredible that we get to do this. Um, and to really just recognize like this infinite, how infinite we are and the gratitude for this incredible experience. I love that. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Genevieve, thank you. Like, yeah, just thank you for being you. Um, yeah, and I, I know you asked me before we recorded about just like what makes like a successful podcast and it's just like being you and like you are you to, you are you to your fullest. Um, and it's I feel sweet. that. I know like I feel that and I know people feel that like from your just like the tact the tactics but also like the feel and how it like applies to everything and how you capped it off at the end is beautiful so yeah just like thank you like that was awesome oh 
thank you for inviting me. This was so much fun to talk about. I, I, I've had a great time. It's been really, really cool. <laughs> lion yeah. pride. Hey, Bye. lion pride. Just so people know, we got that lion energy. Where can, <laughs> where can the peeps follow your boundary pushing? Woo. Uh, so you can check me out at my Instagram is where I put a lot of my um, footage. It's at Genevieve J. So that's G-E-N-E-V-I-E-V-E-J-A-E. Uh, and also if you're interested in pushing your boundaries and living the most expanded life, uh, you can feel okay. free to DM me, shoot me a message. Uh, write me a comment and uh, we can create an amazing experience, whether it's for a party, individual, whatever flow. It's all catered and bespoke. So. I love that. That's yeah. cool. Okay. Well, you're amazing. We appreciate you. And go do something that scares you, everyone. There we go. Or <laughs> no, go do something that concerns you. <laughs> Expand your life. Woo! All right, y'all, you know what to do. If you haven't already, make sure you follow and subscribe. Leave a review on Apple slash iTunes if you haven't already. And make sure you follow Genevieve at Genevieve J on Instagram. Make sure you follow me at The Fear Guy if you don't already. Take a screenshot of the podcast. Tag us on your stories. We want to know that you're listening. All right, y'all, this week's Fear to Freedom story is really, really cool. And if you don't know what the Fear to Freedom story is, it's at the end of each podcast episode. I tell you a really inspirational story about my clients and it just is incredibly uplifting. So get ready. Here we go with this week's Fear to Freedom story. Alrighty, y'all, let's get into it. So this client, every single client is not just a client to me. It is truly an amazing soul that I get to connect with and learn from, not just guide. But today we're going to talk about decisions or indecision and fear of making decisions. Because um, this person, you know, whether it's leaving a job or accepting a job or moving cities or a breakup or even deciding like we're going to commit to someone, we're going to talk about big life decisions and how this person um, just felt completely paralyzed in fear to make a decision. Because they were thinking, what will people say? Um, what does that mean about my existence? You know, like I made this certain certain decision and then I have to change my mind. Like, will people think I'm crazy? Essentially, all these different questions that I know you can relate to of making a decision or not making a decision and then changing your mind and all the things. But she basically felt exhausted and they believed that giving up is wrong. And that's a big belief for so many of us that giving up is wrong. Hear that again, giving up is wrong. And so we've been programmed, whether it's in love and so many other things in our family and jobs, that doing, we just always do things for others and we pretend like we don't feel things and just we're always overthinking and we're living life for other people and not ourselves. And then it affects us in so many other ways. Um, and what this means, guys, is that we're not connected with ourself. When you don't know what you want, you're not connected with yourself. Um, and so you feel stuck, suffocated, and stunted, and you don't feel like you're seen, you don't feel like you're heard, and you just do things to please other people. Um, and this is exactly what this person was going through. Just paralyzed, um, scared to leave the safety and comfort of the certain decision, um, regret of either way of the decision, um, like hurting yourself, constantly stuck in indecision, not trusting themselves and always doing things for others. Like I said before, giving up is wrong and weakness and just exhausted from just, just tired, just exhausted from living life this way in constant indecision. So you get the picture, right, of this person just being completely stuck, paralyzed and exhausted you get the picture. And the really cool thing now is and this person is now feeling really good about themselves. Like they literally told me, I quote, I am such a cool person. <laughs> and like, it's not that long of a time to get to this point, but I love it so much. And she initially rated. So we kind of work through some intentions through the coaching process. And this person rated themselves 
I think a two or three out of 10. So we'll say two out of 10 that they trusted themselves. So I trust myself two out of 10, right? And now they're trusting themselves eight out of 10. And we're not even done coaching technically. So think how that amazing this is, right? And one of the attentions they set was, I feel at ease and at peace with my decisions. That's also an eight out of 10. Um, And that was the main reason why this person wanted to work with me. And I quote, they said, this is exactly what I wanted because now they're able to trust themselves and they feel at ease and peace with their decisions. So this is incredibly cool. You get to see from the fear to the freedom, the transformation story. But I want to tell you one of the main things. It's not just one thing. It's a process and it's individual for each person of how we go through the coaching process and guide and um, how I guide them or we guide them through you know the spirit and the soul and energy and all those woo things. But one of the main things that helped this person know that all of their decisions are happening for them and all even the painful moments, the past decisions and the future decisions and right now and being able to trust yourself is something that I called life mapping or and is a ways in is in a way of like connecting the dots of your life. Um and I highly recommend this exercise. I I, I outlined it in a previous podcast a, a previous podcast episode which is called The Secret to Stop Overthinking Everything. So if you want to know how she overcame this for a big part, go listen to that podcast. It's called how, The Secret to Stop Overthinking Everything and really being able to trust yourself. And we just went through this exercise um, during our retreat. And this was really transformational because in the retreat that I just did, um, all the attendees had some big decision or in the middle of big decision, you know, and we don't trust ourselves. So go listen to that podcast episode. It is the secret of how I trust myself and how I feel guided and just always feel in faith and not in fear to what to take the next step and walk through the uncertainty and feel empowered and in power. So um, you can also, if you want to dive deeper into it in the Freedom School, um, I go through the same exercise. I think it's a little bit deeper in um, in what we do in the Freedom School. So the Freedom School is our membership where every single week we dive into these really cool things. We have guest experts come on and teach us. Um, just recently we had a neurospecialist who is like a mindset coach for Nike. So that was really, really cool. And so many different things that we really touch on fear and really how to maximize our life as humans and as our soul to get in touch with ourselves. So if you feel called to that, make sure you go to feeling-free.com and you can check out and sign up for the Freedom School. You get a week free. So you get a week free seven-day trial so you can check it out. See if you like what we talk about. We do monthly Q&As. It's an amazing community. And from that community, I've built, like me personally, I have built so many amazing connections through that. Um, people have come to retreats through that. People have signed up through coaching through that. So it's a way to kind of get your, like dip your toe into this world of fear and meet amazing people, connect with them, and then get to know me a little bit more as well. Because um, it's it's definitely really personal. But anyway, thank you so much for listening this week. I appreciate you all. The fact that you're listening to this entire episode says a lot about you. So I urge you, I invite you, celebrate yourself today. Celebrate yourself for listening to this entire thing because you are invested in yourself and that is incredible. I love you. I believe in you. I'll talk to you soon.